You are welcome to another exciting episode of CADA Matters. CADA Matters is an awareness-raising program of CADA. CADA is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse, a UK-based charity working to prevent and end domestic abuse, especially in Christian homes. Listen to this episode with Gracilis so as to build healthy relationships and keep your home and relationships abuse-free. She's here already. Good evening, Pastor. Hey, I'm good to see you again. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Good evening. Thank you for having you me. me. Just making sure you can hear me. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me as well? Yeah, yes. My volume was a bit low, so I've sort of corrected my volume. You're looking very nice. Thank you so much for appearing this way. I'm very grateful. I had to go and step up my game too. <laughs> when I saw you earlier. <laughs> yeah, you are looking very good yourself. Thank you, thank I'm you. So I sent a memo that we should wear red. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just didn't get the memo. Thank you so much. So well, red usually means memorable, lovely. So that means we're going to have a memorable and a lovely time this evening. Thank you, everyone. This is a big shout out to all those who would watch later. And for those who will be joining at the current moment, it'd be great to know where you're calling from. Today, our topic is domestic abuse and um, self-esteem. I'm just going to put it there so that um, all those who would join later would not be wondering. I'm sure they would know by the time they get in, but it's just to just keep them updated that what we're doing is domestic abuse and self-esteem. And I am looking at the clock because we've got lots to do. And I'm just going to make sure we are on the clock. Mm. Okay, yes, Pastor Shelley, I thought you were frozen for the meantime. So we're just going to go quickly into the subject. For those who do not know me, my name is Gracilis. And um, for those who would like to know who our guest is, this is the time for her to introduce herself so we can get to know her. So Pastor Ayo, please, could you help us um, tell us about yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes a lot of people want to know why do we have to listen to this person? So I think this is the perfect opportunity to clear the doubting thermosis. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for having me again. My name is Ayum. And um, I usually tell people that I wear many hats. But I think first and foremost, I'm a child of God. I'm a born again Christian. And then I run a ministry called My Pain Your Gain. So I do like um, Facebook lives, YouTube lives every week, and I bring in guests, and we do a couple of other things in the ministry. So that ministry just simply, as the name is, that is what it is, my pain, your gain. So my pain, crisis, pain, other people's pain, we, we turn it into the gain of other people, of, of the people around us. And then I'm an associate pastor in my church, in the Deliverance Center, the Globe, which is in Reading, United Kingdom. And then by profession, I'm an accountant, I'm also a life coach and I'm an author. I have um, three books published. And wow. then I'm mother of um, three beautiful children. So I think that is me that I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so very much. Thank you so very much. Uh, thank you. Oh, no, I should have put on my glasses. Ochinaya for joining. <laughs> Ochana. Thank you so much for joining. So um, what, there was something you said that was quite significant. You talked about um, wearing many hats. And then you also talked about the fact that um, you're an associate pastor. You talked about the fact that um, 
there are several things you do. And I, I think I like the name of the ministry. It's my pain, your gain. So that means that there's no pain that is wasted. And that even from what we're going to, someone can actually benefit. And that all of our lives should actually be poured out as a sacrifice, all at the end to bring glory to the name of the Lord. So we'll start out today. Um, our topic is domestic abuse and self-esteem. And I think this whole topic started from listening to one of your Facebook, your, no, not Facebook, it was a YouTube you know, video that I, I listened to, I was like, oh, wow, this is really good. This is something that we should get to know even on the program. So maybe we should just start with what exactly is self-esteem when we talk about self-esteem? Because I know that sometimes people have quarreled and the next thing they'll be like, oh, he has self-esteem issues. Or don't mind that girl, she has self-esteem issues. What is self-esteem? Yeah, in my own understanding, self-esteem is the subjective valuation we have of ourselves. Okay. And... I use there are two important words there it's subjective and it's evaluation it's subjective in the sense that you are the one making this valuation of yourself so when i talk about my own self-esteem is the valuation i make of myself and because this valuation is made by me it's subject to the lens i'm using to do the valuation so if my lens is not clear for instance these glasses i'm wearing now if it's not clear i won't be able to see properly and so, so based on that, the evaluation I'll make will not be, will, will not be perfect. It will not be the, the, the exact valuation. But on the other hand, if you are looking at it from a good lens, you could also have a good valuation of yourself. And the valuation can be about our worth, about our abilities, about our relevance. So when we're talking about self-esteem now, is the worth, what, what do I think I'm worth? It, it's also about am i relevant am i important sometimes many times people that um, deal with like a poor self-esteem they always think that oh i'm worthless oh i'm not important i'm not i'm not meaningful so 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 those kind of valuation that we make of ourselves that is self-esteem and of course you can have a healthy self-esteem and you also you can also have a poor or unhealthy self-esteem wow I like what you said, talking about subjective valuation. So this is me, myself, doing myself and saying of myself. You know, I think it's almost like what the five came when they said, oh, they, they were giants and were grasshoppers or whatever before their eyes. And um, one begin to wonder, what, what are the things that would affect someone's self-esteem? Um, when I look at that question... For me, there are two major things that affect self-esteem. And one of it is our environment. And the second is our experience. And when you look at your environment, that, that incorporates the family environment that we grew up in, the, 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 the friends that we keep, the company that we keep, the environment we create for ourselves, where we walk, where we live. So it's like just your environment, the people around you, the natural environment around you, all those make up the environment that can affect your self-esteem. And then the experiences that we also go through also affect our self-esteem. So talking about like a family environment, if you also grew up in a family environment that you had painful experiences growing up, you had experiences of abuse, all those could contribute to to affecting your self-esteem, making it either negative, that is if you've, if you've come from, and, and, and if you've had an experience of pain, an experience of failure, especially when these things become repeated, when you have repeated failures, repeated pains, incidences that always make you feel as if 
am I really important? All those we have, we, we cause it to have a poor self-esteem. But on the other hand, if you grow up in an environment that is very affirming, that is positive, you always have parents that see the best in you, even when you don't see it in yourself. You have people that are always encouraging you. Then you also tend to build a healthy self-esteem. And of course, if the experiences you've been having have been nice experiences, you can think of memories with your parents, with siblings, with friends, nice memories. So all those things affect also our self-esteem. So yes, two things, our environment and our experiences. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. So it's not just about, you know, our experience. Our environment could also bring us like to a surface. So somebody somebody could be in Nigeria and have a certain level of self-esteem and then come here and get treated in a certain way and that would affect their self-esteem. But if somebody is wondering, okay, so how do I know if I have a healthy self-esteem? How do I know if I have a low self-esteem or a negative self-esteem? Are there some things you would see in oneself or in people to let you identify that, oh, this person has got a healthy self-esteem, this person has got a low self-esteem? Yes, actually, there are so many signs, so many indications of a healthy or an unhealthy self-esteem. And, you know, like when I was talking about self-esteem, I said, is the subjective valuation we have of ourselves, the way we, of our worth, of our abilities, of our relevance, our value, and all that. So if one of the signs of, 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 of an unhealthy self-esteem is that you treat yourself badly. So if you're somebody that you don't take care of yourself, just leave yourself anyhow, and if somebody like, ah, why, don't, why don't you dress or why don't you look nice? You say, what am I dressing up for? I'm, I'm not worth anything. You are somebody that maybe you want, you can give all you have for, for another person. But when it comes to treating yourself well, you think you are not worth it. That is, for me, that is one sign of an unhealthy self-esteem. And then when you also tend to consume um, substances that are harmful to you, you know that maybe like drinking, for me, drinking, I don't drink at all, but people say like excessive drinking is bad then you just keep consuming all those alcohol, you keep consuming all those substances that are bad for you. And all those are indications that you don't really value yourself. You don't care what they say, what the consequences are, because you may just think, after all, what's, my, what, what's the value of my life in this world? So whatever happens, let it be. So that's a sign of an unhealthy self-esteem. And then another sign of an unhealthy self-esteem is that when you are negotiating, maybe for... A, a pay, something, some form of reward, you always tend to underprice yourself, you undercut yourself. And the reason for that is because you just think, am I that valuable? I don't think I'm that valuable. So even though you know you have all the degrees, you know, you have the experiences, but you are afraid to put your, your real value forth because you just think that, oh, maybe they'll turn me down. I'm not that valuable. And then you also have like um, another sign of, of an unhealthy self-esteem. Of course, when I talk of the signs of an unhealthy self-esteem now, the opposite will be the sign of a healthy self-esteem. Because if you, if you have a healthy self-esteem, you'll be able to come out and be assertive about yourself. And exactly, be able to, that word, yeah, assertive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 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 so like, the opposite is always like the sign of a, of a healthy self-esteem. And another sign of an unhealthy self-esteem is that each time you come around people, you always see, you know, you, you talk about that scripture where the, where the Bible says that we, we were like grasshoppers before them when mm -hmm. they went to spy the land. They say we're like grasshoppers. So that is another sign of an unhealthy self-esteem. Now, when you come around to people, 
you always feel small. You feel these people are better than you. And then because of that, you begin to shrink back. Whatever they say, you just agree. So you become passive. And on the other hand, again, another sign again, that sometimes some people become aggressive because they want to think that they think other people are looking down on them. And that mm. is just their own view. And then because of that, they become excessively aggressive. So a healthy self-esteem self somebody that is assertive. You know your worth. You are not over overestimating yourself because the Bible makes us understand that we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. But on the other hand, you shouldn't think of yourself less than you ought to think as well. So there has to be that balance. So there are so many signs. But because of our time, I think I'll just leave you with this ones I've mentioned. Mm, thank you. Mm. I, I think, is it possible then, uh, just a quick one, actually, that someone could be maxing a, a lower self-esteem time. You know, when mm. you say you give out everything, you know, and you're, there's nothing for yourself. Could that just be like a false humility sign like that? A, a sense of, both of those who have a sense of selflessness and, you know, they, they sort of empty everything and they're the last people they think about, you know, is there, is, is that, is that supposed to be a virtue or could that actually be self-esteem being maxed by some form of generosity that is not balanced? Yeah, and <laughs> I know now, that might be difficult for me to just give a definite answer because I think it depends mm -hmm. on the person and the circumstances. Some people mm -hmm. have a very large heart. They just want to help people. They just want to give to people. But I think on the other hand, it's left for, to that individual to actually really examine themselves. Why am I doing this? Because sometimes you are doing this because you want, you want people to like you, you want to buy favor. And if that is why you are doing some of the things you are doing, then it's because there is an underlying self-esteem issue. You don't mm. think you are okay and just want to do something that will make people to just like you and buy into you and all that. And if you're also giving everything away, and at the end of the day, you don't have enough for yourself, there's a difference between giving everything away and you have what some people just have just what they need. They can still eat their healthy meals. They can still sleep in a good house. But if you are giving everything away and you are not eating healthily, you are not sleeping well, then mm. there's an issue there. Because at the end of the day, if you value yourself, you should be able to also make some provision that you also can eat healthily, you also can dress in a decent way. Because at the end of the day, if, if the image you are portraying or the way people see you is not good, and if you're not eating well, it's going to also affect you. And you will not live to the long, to the, you will not live the, the maximum time that God has for you on here on earth. So yeah, I think um, it's based on individuals to really examine why they are doing this, and it will help them to know whether it is a self-esteem issue. Okay. Well, you've also said I think when you're talking about the different things, when you're talking about experiences mm -hmm. that could affect self-esteem, you also mentioned domestic abuse, and uh, I'm just wondering. Uh, just to check again that domestic abuse does it affect someone's self-esteem and then what is the impact of having a low self-esteem you know what's the impact when someone is going through domestic abuse actually domestic abuse greatly affects self-esteem because just like you, you you mentioned that somebody might be like maybe in nigeria for for, for example now the person had a good job had good education was doing well Maybe the person relocated to this part of the world and maybe because your qualification was not recognized, you need to start retraining. And then because of maybe some experience of racism that you may have, you now begin to look down on yourself, which is the environment factor now. 
So in the same way, when you are in an environment of abuse, it greatly mm. affects your self-esteem. You may be somebody that has been brought up by loving parents, loving family, and then you, you, you get into a relationship and your partner begins to abuse you. It, it actually greatly affects your self-esteem because you now just start thinking, ah, maybe something is wrong with me. Or maybe, or maybe it was, maybe I was listening to my parents too much. Maybe my parents were not telling me the truth. Maybe because they, they are my family, they just wanted to, to protect me. And so they were, they were shielding me from who I really am. So you begin to doubt yourself. So when we go through domestic abuse, you just find that, yes, it, 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 it really, really affects your self-esteem. And I think that's one of the things that it tampers with. It begins to affect your thinking of who you think you are. You begin to lose your identity. You begin to feel worthless because many times when you meet people that experience domestic abuse, they will always say, even when they know that this person is wrong, the person is abusing me, I shouldn't be putting up with this. They, you always see them making excuses for the person. They'll say, oh no, it's not the person's fault. I'm sure I provoked this person. That's why the person reacted to me the way they reacted. Okay, maybe I'm not doing something right. So they always blame themselves. They always think they are the one at fault. And that mm -hmm. is a self-esteem issue now because you feel, oh, I'm not good enough. If I were good enough, if I was, if I were, if I was able to be, be like this person, I'm sure this person will like me. So yes, domestic abuse greatly affects our self-esteem. And the impact this has, no, but I've, I've already mentioned one impact is that it, it will make us to lose our identity. You forget who you are. And you find that when you lose your identity, it also affects your self-confidence. That when you, 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 maybe it's you that was somebody that could just stand up and express yourself anywhere. You are somebody that will walk with your head up, looking straight. You, it's like you now begin to feel shame begin to come upon you now. That you go into somewhere and you are bending your head. When people are talking, you want to talk and you begin to stammer. You are wondering, what's wrong with me? Why can't I speak? And all those are because your, 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 your self-confidence has been affected. So domestic abuse, it actually it damages our self-esteem. It damages our self-esteem, yeah. I think, I think that's a good summary. Because imagine somebody who um, has been sexually abused, you know, as part of domestic abuse. Imagine someone who has emotional abuse. The person begins to think that they are not worth anything. And, and, I, and I think also that, you know, because of a low self-esteem, people will remain in relationships they ought to have gotten out of. Mm -hmm. um, you find out that people who, who have a healthy self-esteem, most times, in short, they recognize abusers from afar off and they are quite assertive. There are some things they don't tolerate, mm -hmm. but somehow it feels that when abusers get to meet people who have low self-esteem, you know, they, they put up themselves on top of them and then they just keep the people there. So it, it's important then that one should actually have that really good self-esteem, a healthy self-esteem at mm. its rear. And what can someone do to build a healthy self-esteem? Yeah, and before I go into your next question now, to, before I answer your next question, you know, you say something like people that have a poor self-esteem or an unhealthy self-esteem, when they're in a relationship that they know they should leave, they still put up with it. And one yeah. of the signs of that unhealthy self-esteem is that they are thinking that if I live here now, who will accept me? Uh -huh. Nobody uh -huh. will like me. Okay, even if this person is abusing me, at least the person still likes me. I have somebody. <laughs> the person is still putting up with me. Yes, so, so that's another sign of a healthy self-esteem. And that is because they have undervalued themselves. They are not seeing themselves with the right lens. 
and because mm. of that they think they are they are all forted they think they don't have any value nobody will like me nobody will, who will accept somebody like me and because of that they are putting up with what they should not be putting up with yeah mm. okay so <laughs> remind me of your description now i think how, how can i help and build my self-esteem to have a healthy self-esteem what are the things i can do okay yeah to build a healthy self-esteem i think the first thing you need to do is to is to withdraw to yourself begin to find your strengths take a journey inward find your strength what are your strengths every one of us have strength every one of us have gifts that god have given to us what are those things i used to do well before this self-esteem issue came up or what are those things that people always compliment you for with little effort you do something and they say oh this is so good how did you do it and you're wondering what is so good yeah that's another side of somebody with the <laughs> with the positive esteem because somebody will compliment you and you, you just you just smash it and say oh no what is it's it humility humility yeah. humility <laughs> <laughs> which is humility yes yeah. so all the things that they're complimenting you for begin to note them down those are your strengths begin to like look out because people will always compliment you for something Maybe it's for the way you sing. Maybe it's for the way you dress. Maybe it's for the way you cook. Maybe it's, it's, it's the smile that you always have on your face. So those are the strengths that you have. So begin to note down those strengths. Those strengths are your superpower. Those are the things that God has given you to be a blessing to this world with. And then when you begin to, when you begin to acknowledge this strength, appreciate the strength that you have. Appreciate the strength that you have. Don't, 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 don't just wave them and say, it's nothing. Oh, everybody does this. Don't just, don't do that. Appreciate the strength that you have because it is unique to you. There was something that I heard a man of God say one time and nothing has stuck with me. He said, some things that people pay to go and learn how to do, you do it naturally and you do it even better than the people that have paid to go and learn how to do it. So that is something, that is a superpower that God has given to you. So begin to, so, so begin to find your strength. Make a list of them. Start writing down what are my strengths and then appreciate them. And secondly, I want you to watch what you feed on. And I'm, when I'm talking about what you feed on now, it's not just the physical food or the physical substance that you feed on now, but the things that you hear, the things that you see. So if you want to, to start working on your self-esteem, now you, you need, sometimes you need to change your environment. If the mm. people around you are always putting you down, when you, when you come up with an idea, they will laugh at you and say, ah, you, ah, <laughs> this is not for people like you. Or they always talk down on you. That is not the right environment to be. So begin to, begin to watch what you feed on. The things that you hear, the things that you let people say to you, the things that you listen to, the things that you see. All those, our, 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 our eye gates, our ear gates, they are very, very important. Because as, as long as you keep hearing those negative things, you keep believing them. You know, the Bible will tell us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the things you hear matters a lot. So you, as a matter of fact, you should, you should now begin to consciously go out to look for positive things that you will hear, that will build your self-esteem, that will encourage you, that will tell you you are more than you are right now. You can do this. So the more you begin to hear those things, the more you now begin to have faith in yourself. And then watch what you also say to yourself and about yourself. Because even though we hear other people talk to us, we, we listen to ourselves more than we listen to any other person. Because all those quiet thoughts that are always going on in your heart, that even when somebody says something, you don't want to re reply audibly, you say something in your heart and you just dismiss it. Watch those your thoughts. That anytime you, you begin to go in that negative way, dismiss it immediately. 
And one of the things that I do that have helped me is that when I talk about making a list of your strengths now, I have what I call, I, I do an affirmation every morning. So I write down my strengths and then I also write down desired strengths. The one that I know I don't have right now, but I desire those strengths. I write them down. I write them aspirations and I call them my I am statement. So every morning for me, when I finish my prayer every morning, I will do those my, I'll recite those my I am statements and I keep adding to the list. Each time I hear something and I like it, I say, oh, I want to be this. I want, I want to see this quality in my life. I add it to it. So I have a very long list that I religiously read to myself every morning because I'm trying to just change my mindset and know that, yes, I can be who God says I am. I, I can do what God says I can do. Yeah. I think I've gone to find out. Wow, wow, wow. I, I, I hope I hope you are taking notes because me, if you see me doing whatever, I'm taking my own notes. I, I come here to also learn. So I'm taking my own notes. I'm like writing that oh, that mm. I am statement. I'm like, okay, so it's good, it's good. But well, it's okay for these statements to be increasing. Yeah, it's okay. So thank you for that. I think mm. sometimes because you know, sometimes like women, as women, sometimes someone compliment, you compliment someone and the person is trying to explain away what you complimented them for, you know, by trying to say, oh, I like this dress. I like what you're putting on. What you're putting on is nice. And the person says, oh, I got, see, I got the shirt from Primark and I got the, I got the shirt from Charity Shop. We don't need to know that. You, but whether it was from Primark, whether it was from um, Giorgio Armani, it is nice. It looks well on you. And if people say so, I think it's just proper and all right. So thank you. Because sometimes I, I think that those are some of the little, little things that we see from people. And then you find out that they are not, we're not getting to appreciate ourselves appreciate the effort it's not some people buy the clothes from the best of the designers but they don't they can't even put the colors in well as it were and, and like what you said being able to do what are those things you do effortlessly that people are getting paid to do or even paying to learn and then uh, you, you've said quite a number of things which i have put down I've, I've kept down my own look for positive things surround yourself with the right people and watch what you say to yourself about yourself and then every morning reaffirm yourself with i am statements mm -hmm. and, and i know that your ministry is um your pain my pain your gain yeah i'm just wondering because sometimes it seems like when we get to church there, there are two ways to look about it i look at this thing one, there's the fact that some people say when we get to church, it's like we we'll go and get a high. Mm. We get a high for Sunday, and then Monday, Tuesday, by Tuesday, we're already off mm. that high. Mm. And we we start to go down again till we come on Sunday again for another fix up again, get a high and go with so it. That's one way, as it were. Another way could be coming to church and get battered down. As in who you are, what you've done, you know, battered down by guilt, battered down by constant reminder of those things that even the blood of Jesus has washed away. So mm -hmm. what my, where I'm going to is to ask from your experience and your work, are there some things that the church does that actually does not help people's self-esteem? And what can the church do to help with bringing up the self-esteem of the people in the church? And, um, and, and let's just hear more too about what your ministry is also doing because when people are in a state of pain there's something you said also you see you talked about when these negative experiences are repeated yeah. you know then you start having so i mean there was one time i, I think i was i was listening to a prayer by pastor jerry and then he gave a word of knowledge of somebody saying that this is the tenth time yeah. 
that they are doing wine carrying for you and nothing, <laughs> none of it has gone to mind. I'm thinking, mm. I, I'm sure it was like you are suicidal at the moment. I'm thinking that, that's what I said 10 times, mm. 10 different men you've been in a relationship that has come up to that extent. And then the next thing, it never attained. You saw he was like, you are suicidal at the moment, mm. you know, but this is what God is saying to you. And, and that's great on its own because, I mean, that's the church intervening with the Holy mm. Spirit helping people. And there's some things the church can do to help with self-esteem because you could take that thing another way. Next thing you go to church, and mm. sometimes someone will be like, you have spirit mm. husband, you know, puts in mm. some things that at the end of the day, the person's whole self-esteem, everything, mm shatters so are there some things the church can do you know are there some things we as a church are doing that not helping self-esteem and then are there some things that we should be doing that's going to help self-esteem and you could help us also with what your ministry is also doing thank you yeah yeah actually the church um, just like you said the church should be a place of abode that people come to and they can have their rest it should be a place of encouragement because the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is the good news. Mm. And there's no way you should hear a good news and it, it makes your spirit to go down. A good news will always lift our spirit. A good news will always make us to be happy, to be excited. But on the other hand, you find that people that are in the church are imperfect people. Mm. Somebody gave an illustration one time and it really, really helped me. The person said, a church is like a hospital where sick people come. And when you come, when you come to the hospital, you may, may you maybe you may have come with a minor injury. And then you are sitting in the A and E there, and somebody comes with if somebody has a, a fatal accident and the person is almost dying. When you sit, when you see that, that person being rushed in on the stretcher, you are not just going to pick your bag and leave and say, ah, this hospital, there are too many sick people here. The sickness here is too much. Let me just leave. You will still stay there and get your own treatment before you leave. So what I'm trying to say is that, yes, the church is not perfect. We are striving towards perfection. And sometimes the things that people do, they do it because they don't know better. Mm. Because if they know better, they will do better. Mm. And Joyce Meyer is always saying something. He, she, she says, a hurting person will always hurt another person. Yeah. So if somebody comes to the church broken, and sometimes we, we, may, we may put on a lot of spirituality, but that brokenness has not been healed. If it's not being healed, you, also, you, will still, you will still see yourself somehow dishing it out to people, picking up people. And somebody that is coming to church thinking I'm go coming here to be blessed, thinking I'm coming here to be mended, may live broken. So I think the, one of the things the church needs to do is for us to become more conscious of the effect of what we do, the effect it has on people. When people come around us, are they being built up or are they being torn down? And sometimes, of course, you see some people leave a particular congregation because of the experience they have had, maybe of how their self-esteem was even torn, how they were trying to build themselves and based on what people did, it tore them down. So when we have such experiences, it's... it's an opportunity for us to evaluate ourselves and see how we can repent and begin to do better. And of course, there's no way you will do better on, until you begin to also learn what to do. What can I do to build people up? Instead of uh, discouraging people, what can I do to, uh, to, uh, to encourage people? You find that many times when you tell somebody their thoughts, 
you have, you have mentioned the fault. But if you can even find, if um, if among five thoughts that somebody have, you can find one thing that is good, and begin to focus on that thing, you find that 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 person will begin to it will be whatever you focus on enlarges. So if you begin to focus on that positive thing, that person just find that it will begin to enlarge, and this person that you thought was hopeless in quote will now begin to turn out because of the expectations that you have for the person because of the the words of encouragement that is coming um, from you to that person. So I'm just trying, I'm just saying all this to say that he, the, as a church, less love, just like the Bible says, because when there is love, you will want to encourage somebody, you want to put somebody down. And when you have made a mistake, find a way of reaching out to that person and apologizing. Maybe you did it when you didn't know better, but now that you know better, you want to put things right. Okay, what I said was not right. I'm sorry. And, and of course, when somebody apologizes to you as well, you also find it in your heart to forgive the person, knowing that mm -hmm. this person is also a sick person like you that have come to the hospital for treatment. And then together mm -hmm. we can grow. So as a church, let's focus more on building people. There are so many scriptures that talk that tells us who we are, our identity in Christ, about the expectations that God has for us because of who we are and the abilities that he has put in us. So if we begin to remember these scriptures, like where, where God says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, where he says you're a royal priesthood, you're a chosen nation. So all those things, when we begin to remember them and encourage people with them, that when people come to church, yes, let it be a place that they come to get high, not a place that will bring them down. And as my own ministry, like my pain, your gain, I have experienced, okay, I have experienced a couple of pains I've experienced which have also affected my self-esteem along the way. And because of that, what I do is to encourage people. There, there are three things that I focus on in the ministry. One is to bring healing to people. And this, this healing is majorly emotional healing. One is to bring hope to people. So anything I'm sharing, anything I'm doing has to be in line with this. And then one is to also bring help practical help on how you can overcome certain situations that you are going through. So if, if it's a message I'm, I'm trying to preach, if it's an event I'm trying to do, if it's any kind of outreach I'm trying to do, it's going to be, it's going to be fulfilling either all these three or one of these three. I'm either trying to help somebody, I'm trying to make somebody to heal, or I'm trying to make somebody, I'm, to, I'm trying to rekindle somebody's hope, somebody that have given up hope. I'm trying to do something that will make your hope to come alive again. So that is what I do. And because of that, I believe that anybody, because one, one, one thing that people tell me a lot is that you are so inspiring. Your messages are so inspiring. And if I hear that, that means that whatever they are hearing through the platform that I have is uh, words that are building them up, words that are encouraging them and not words that are tearing them down. Mm. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You said a lot. Uh, I like what your ministry is also doing. I remember when I heard you, I was like, wow, I like what this person has said. I like the way this person has said this. I like this to come on Kada. I like people who are going through domestic abuse to hear things that would build them up, to hear how best they can help their self-esteem. Because I know that's one of the things I, as we were talking, I had just remember the picture of my fr a friend of mine who I remember when she was in a very abusive marriage, the way she used to be. I remember when I first met her, she was just this, you know, you just like out of the shell person. And by the time she was able to come out of that relationship, by the time she found somebody else who loved her and everything, you, you need to have seen her. 
Mm. In short, her sister came for her wedding, for her second wedding. I know there was something her sister said. Her sister said, oh, now I have my sister back. Mm. Now she's back. You know, I think seeing remembering her those days and seeing her now just it's a whole ball game altogether seeing her her true self seeing her laugh spontaneously seeing her do the things she loves to do without being afraid of being hit or being afraid of anything just being herself and being in that place where as it were <laughs> i remember one of the things that echoes when you used to say was um you have to work for my love you know, and all those kind of horrible statements. As, as it were, she doesn't have to work for anybody's love. The person which is married to loves her because he wants to love her because of who she is and all of that. I, I think also that part of the things you've said, talking about healing, especially emotional, I think that's one of the things that people, a lot of people are struggling with. And sometimes even in the church, it seems like we, we act like these things just happen instantaneously. And sometimes it's also because of some of the things some people say, some people that will look up to, they just say, oh, I never suffer from any of this. And then you begin to walk through the process, like, oh, just me, and you always say, you say that, oh, when it came to stopping smoking, Dave just said, oh, I'm stopping smoking. And mm -hmm. that, but for mm -hmm. her, she had a struggle. And, you know, mm -hmm. Fred found out that she had to have that struggle so mm -hmm. that she will have the kind of empathy that is needed when somebody comes to her and says, I'm struggling with smoking. It's not going to be like, ah, me, I just stopped smoking. I just said, I'm not smoking again. <laughs> and I stopped smoking, you know. You know, just being, just, just like what the Bible says, that so that I will be able to be that just going through a situation itself can give us and put us in a place where we are better positioned to help others, where we're better positioned, where we're able to tell others that if I went through it and I came out, eventually you would go through it. And I believe that those are some of the things that could help someone's um, self-esteem. Um, I'm looking at the time we've gone eight yeah. minutes beyond our time. And so uh, mm -hmm. this is what happens when you're having a good time. I, I, I didn't want to be greedy. I, I didn't want to push it. I didn't want to say, oh, can we do two sessions? I was like, just do one session, do one session. Later again, later you go for more. You know you want more, but just tell her just one. So this is like an open invitation. <laughs> it's my yeah, yes, no I, I think I've been this before, you know, just invite somebody from the pulpit as in just, this is just to inform you <laughs> so that, you know, that we will still come your way, okay, because there's a lot of wisdom, there's a lot of practical insight that we've had this evening, and I believe that that's what we need um, to, to go ahead. I want to say a big thank you to all those who have joined today. I, I, I don't know how I forgot my glasses, so I'm, uh, and I don't know how my iPad refused to show, so I'm having to use my phone. So that means I'm really struggling, but there's Ayo Achelin. Uh, there's one in my pronouncing at the, uh, the beginning that I don't want to say the wrong way anymore. But there's Slide, there's Slide. Okay, there's Ayo Helen. Yeah, I think okay. these are the things I can see there. And I think there's somebody else. Uh, then there was Otania as well. Otania. So I want to say a big thank you to you. And a big thank you and a shout out to everyone who watch out because sometimes you, you think like nobody watch and then you come later and you see how many views and you're like, oh, where, where did all these people come from? Well, yeah. so I, I guess some people have settled into the reading. You know, they know it's going to be there so they will go and watch it later. So a big thank you to everyone. And a big thank you again to Pastor Erin for joining us today. Um, If you want to hear more about her, she's got a Facebook page, she's got an Instagram page. If you just type her name, Erin, a G a guitar, you see, you see, come on. If you go to her YouTube, uh, if you go to YouTube, you would also see if you type my pin, 
my pain okay. your gain. You'll okay. be able to see. And then if you live in the city of Reading, why not pop into your church and uh, say hello and say, you know, this is a shout out from Kadamatas. You heard her at Kadamatas and decide to come and check her out physically. So thank mm -hmm. you so much for your time tonight. We do hope we see you another time. And a big shout out to everyone who has joined us. Remember to like, follow, share our videos. This is Kadamatas. Kada is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse. We are here every Thursday evening at 8.30 p.m discussing a matter that concerns domestic abuse and next week we are going to be looking at uh, because next week is the international prevention day for suicide we're going to be looking at um, domestic abuse self-harm suicide in children so we hope that you join us we'll have bishop sukomi joining us um, to talk about this topic so bye for now thank you everyone i'm really very grateful so we'll come your way again this is gracily signing up saying bye thank you very much pastor am we're very grateful god bless you right. thank you for having me thank you everyone that have joined i can see that grace and your vengeance join god bless you thank you oh, okay. thank you Lide. thank you Ochanya. thank you for having me dr grace <laughs> We hope you enjoyed and learnt from today's session. Till we come your way again, remember, God hates abuse. There is no excuse for abuse. The church, which is you and I, say no to domestic abuse.